We're all well. Oh, okay. We're all, all of us <laughs> yes, are well. We yeah. are well. Welcome back. This is Headful of Hannibal, your Hannibal fan podcast from Baltimore. This is Amy. I'm Jen. I'm Justin. And we are back today, not to do anything um, related to, I mean, everything's related to the Hannibal TV show (laughs) when you get around to it. But we have expanded into some of the Hannibal films. We were going to talk about Hannibal. Mm -hmm. And we were also going to talk about Hannibal Rising. Because we just watched it. Because we just watched it. As (laughs) if anybody happens to have seen our Twitter feed in the last two hours, (laughs) uh, we were watching it today. Um, now, I had not seen either of them before. Mm, but you read both books. I read all I read all the books. Yeah. Okay. Um, when, I'm trying to think, when we started podcasting at that point, I, no, I, I may have read all of them by that point. But mm-hmm. when I started watching Hannibal, I'd only watched Silence of the Lambs. Mm-hmm. I had not gotten to the rest of them. I think because... Red Dragon, I think I didn't read right away because I was like, there's not enough Hannibal in it. Right. And then the rest of them seemed like they would be too <coughs> derivative. Mm-hmm. Um, but I liked the second book. Mm-hmm. And Hannibal Rising, like I said, that was a hot mess. <laughs> it's such a glorious hot mess. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, yeah, I love it and I hate it. <laughs> so um, before we get into our discussion, I do have some things that I, some stuff I'd saved from online. Oh, and today we were had where well, we were watching the movie so that we're not eating on mic this time. <laughs> I made sausage roll, which is like pre-made pizza <clears throat> dough that you roll up with sausage, cooked sweet Italian sausage and onions and garlic and cheese. It is delicious. It is greater than the sum of its parts. It's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I top it food. Mm-hmm. And um, we had that and we were drinking Aperol spritzes, which I felt in the mood for be from watching all the Italian parts from mm. Hannibal. That's what I was mm-hmm. thinking of mm-hmm. when I got it. And if I sound a little gross, it's because I'm getting over a cold. Justin is too. So I may cough at stuff. Sniff. Uh, so I had some things I'd saved. Uh, Daniel Ortberg does a, I guess, newsletter, a tiny letter or whatever it's called um, by the title of the Shatner Chatner. <laughs> I don't even know how Please I found. Please explain. <laughs> I don't know how I found this. It may have been through um, the rec center, mm-hmm. but one thing was the stage of listening to classical music. The stages of listening to classical music, mm-hmm. and it's like I think fifteen different points of listening to classical music, and not really, you know, being like I'm listening to classical music. Well, look at me. And of course, number five. I feel like a civilized serial killer on a moderately prestigious cable network. Someone bring me a sweater. It's time to refer to something unpleasant, like dental work as exquisite. For the rest of my life, I'm going to eat desserts very slowly, while also closing my eyes. I'll only eat food with my eyes closed, and I'll never own a white refrigerator again. Those days are behind me now. <laughs> and there's two other Hannibal references in the list, so I will link it. It is very funny. Um Something I had some stuff, some Japanese stuff pop up in things I was reading. I went on a roundabout. Remember, Jen, we were talking about finding good fashion, street fashion. Oh, yeah. Instagrams. Yeah, yeah. And I was saying that I could only seem to find Instagram or blogs of streetwear fashion. 
which uh-huh. was not what I was looking for. If anybody can suggest good bl- visual blogs or um, Instagram accounts that show what you know, people on the street, what they are wearing, please let us know. Uh, I ended up, l- for some reason, looking up Fruits, the old Japanese fashion magazine. Yeah. That was... Uh, People taking photos of streetwear fashion or street fashion in Harajuku mm. in the 80s and 90s up to the, I think, mid 2000s. Oh, wow. Some of, you know, that very extra, when like Lolita was super huge, yeah. and all that stuff was super yeah. huge. Um, so that ended up, Fruits closed down. So I ended up reading about it and found a uh, website called Spoon and Tamago, which is like a Japanese culture. Mm-hmm. A website in, but it's in English. And um, I found a, well, first off, let me, I'm going to back up a little bit. Pardon me for a moment. Yeah, I'll go with that. Uh, so I found an article there last month called Miyu Kojima's Miniature Replicas of Lonely Deaths. And it's a 27 year old woman who works for a company that cleans up after. Kodokushi, or lonely deaths, a Japanese phenomena of people dying alone and remaining undiscovered for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And so she, it says it's part art therapy and part public service campaign. Kojima spends a large portion of her t- free time creating detailed miniature replicas of the rooms she has cleaned. They're meant to capture, capture the sadness of these lonely deaths and to help spread the word of the issue. Uh, she put a book together. So it's all these tiny room replicas. Wow of what she's found. And in the article, it says, one point that Kojima emphasizes in her book is that it's not the dying alone that is the issue, but rather the duration of time that elapses before the bodies are discovered. And therein lies the true sadness of these cases. Death can come at any time. It's not something we can plan for. Uh, so she wrote a book called Toki ga Tomada Heya, The Room Where Time Stopped. Hmm. And I'm going to link to the Spoon and Tamago article and then to a Japanese site that has more photos, but it reminded me of the nutshell. Oh yeah, studies. totally. Um, and the same, like she has no art background. Mm. She has no uh, experience in this, mm-hmm. but she just felt compelled to make them. And apparently, her father died like this, wow. and for her, so it's all like part of the jo- like processing her job and mm-hmm. her own loss. Mm-hmm. And it was really cool. That's amazing. But I was I like, to look at them. Yes, and if anybody is in Baltimore, I think the nutshell studies or nutshell cases are back at the medical examiner's office. Mm. So I think you can make appointments to see them again. Cool. I recommend them. Um, and another Japanese thing I found, which I figured these, you know, tied into our Hannibal Rising today. <laughs> the oldest manuscript of the tale of Genji, which is the world's oldest novel was found. Um, Cause the tale of Genji was in circulation by 1021. Mm-hmm. And the author is Murasaki Shikabu which where Lady Murasaki's name comes from. Uh, I felt, I want to be like, Thomas Harris, could you possibly like maybe picked an original name? <laughs> mm. I'm sure he did it for a reason. Probably. But the copy they found is by a calligrapher, Fujiwara no Seiri or Fujiwara no Teka, who lived between 1162 to 1241. Um, and the, what they found corresponds to the fifth chapter of the tale of Genji and is 250 to 300 years older than the previous older version of that chapter. Though this calligrapher had 
it's the oldest chapter they have that this calligrapher had transcribed. Mm. Um, and it was found, I love this part. It was in the possession of a 72-year-old Tokyo resident, Motofuyu Okuchi, a descendant of the Okuchi samurai clan that used to rule the Miku... Mikawa Yoshida Fife, the area around present-day Toyohashi City and Aichi Prefecture. So the fact that this person had this 800-and-some-year-old wow. manuscript as the stuff from her family mm-hmm. is like... That's mind-blowing. I love that shit. Yeah. Or when, it reminds me when I was, a, I was an English major in college, and I remember my professors being like, oh, yeah... We thought we only had, like, we didn't have a folio of this Shakespeare until it was found in somebody's attic in their family home in Mm -hmm. Scotland. And I feel like we don't get that in the States. Yeah. That, like, because our history has been so fractured that, Mm -hmm. and... um, And short. And short, in comparison... But yeah, to have your family's been around so long that they have an 800 year old manuscript. That's wild. And, and like, did she know she had it or was like going through something one day and is like, oh, maybe I should get this looked at? <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love that shit. Uh, let me see if I have anything else here. Oh, and these are belated, <clears throat> but recommended on Twitter. Um, if you look up, there was during October the Hannibal Gore Fest. Uh, so if you go to the hashtag Hannibal Gore Fest, and also a hashtag van- Vampire Hannibal Fest. Oh, I missed that. Yeah, so there's some good what? artwork. Um, upcoming is the Hannibal Wump Fest, which is, uh, Wump is like, I think I saw it described as like hurt that can't just be like made better with a band-aid. Oh. So, um, and there was a poll and they decided that Hannibal's going to get all the <laughs> emotional <laughs> crap first. So that's December 1st through 5th. And the hashtag is crying cannibal noises. <laughs> and I looked up, um, the Hannibal creative group have not, they don't, their last thing was, um, I think it's still beautiful over the summer. Uh-huh. But there is the rare meat, group and if you go i think it's rare meat and then an underscore mm-hmm. is their twitter handle and they have in their header their upcoming uh pairings they do handle eu pairings for mm-hmm. the last week of every month and the hashtag is rare meat and they have a poll up to pick what their pairings are going to be for 2020 oh wow so people are still <sighs> oh my god are yeah i mean they really really are that's mm-hmm. it's amazing like mm-hmm. the ravage book just came out and yep. everybody got those. I just um, saw that uh, We Conquer Dawn is updating the Quicksilver fic that's like super ro- popular. Mm. And, yeah. I and read that one. You've never read the Quicksilver stuff? I don't think so, but I'm going to write this down. Have. I may have. Um, anyway, she's uh, doing a Spotify playlist for the new chapters and writing like a whole nother series based on it where I, I believe it's like a gender fluid Will Graham and it, it's really I it's really well written. Mm-hmm. It's like not my thing, but it's really well written mm-hmm. and so I really enjoy it. Yeah. And um Emmer Emergy, how do you Emin say Emin Garay. it just did like a new Hannibal fic. Like a one off. Yeah. Maybe I did read that. Yeah. Um and 
and every time something like this happens, I'm like, oh my god, I can't. Uh, like, this is awesome, but mm-hmm. I can't believe that this fandom is still trucking along, going this strong. And can we squee for a moment over the October uh, Brian Fuller post where he spent Halloween with oh. Hugh Dancy? What <laughs> <Yeah>. the hell? <laughs> Hugh Dancy, Donald Justin, did you see in the pictures? No. Hugh Dancy was dressed up like a bone. <laughs> and Brian Fuller was dressed like a dog. Of course yes, he was. Yes, actually, I did see the pictures now. <laughs> but after hearing about Hugh Dancy and Claire Danes's, uh Easter egg decorating thing. I've not heard about that. That is his wife, right? I just spaced her name out. Yeah, he's Claire Danes. Danes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why I was like, who's he married to again? Yeah. Um, I'm just like all, all like all that Hannibal watching today has just got my head <laughs> swirling. Um, they do an Easter egg decorating party apparently, but it's like very. It's not like dye them in colors and uh-huh. make them pretty. It's like wordplay, and it's like a weird. Um, what's the word I'm thinking of? What's the the art? Where it didn't have to make sense or actually be art. Dada. Dada. Yeah, it sounds like very Dada. Oh my God. <laughs> so when I saw that bone costume, I was like, this feels on brand. <laughs> like, I totally agree with this. <laughs> that took a lot of time to paper mache that thing. I know. <laughs> like little, you invested. His little face like sticking out. <laughs> Can you imagine where they if they keep trick-or-treating to your house? Oh my God. That's amazing. Um, and I'm guessing probably that the Death Stranding release has it, it happened. Too. I mm-hmm. know there is one um, fanable. She's a pretty prominent fanable artist. Um, I can't think of her name right now. Damn it! But um, also like a legit gamer mm-hmm. and um, started playing it and tweeted. Basically, like, if you're not into video games, don't buy it for just because Madsen is mm-hmm. in it, because, like, they'll have all the cutscenes that he's in mm-hmm. up on YouTube, like, within yeah. two hours. And they do. Like, all the cutscenes are up there now. Is it fans putting it up or actual, like, the I companies can't putting tell. it up? Well, fans put it up, but I think more, like, Death Stranding, mm. Hideo fans. He knows what people want. Yeah. And I, because I just saw it, Um, it's like... Six hours of cutscenes from Death Stranding. And I'm like, okay, great. So, yeah, she's like, don't buy the video game just for Maz because you're just not going to enjoy yeah. it. So, yeah. But have you seen any reviews of the video game? I have not. I've seen a lot of stuff leading up to it about the play, and it's hysterical how involved he made it, like to mm-hmm. the point where there's even a meter, like, when you have to pee, like you have to stop and pee. <laughs> and like these weird ways of, because um, the whole thing is about, well, I don't know what it's about, but part of it is about you have to deliver packages. And mm-hmm. so you have this weird, complicated way of stacking all these things on your back. And if, you're, if your center of gravity is off, then you walk like that <laughs> and you have to restack your oh. packages. <laughs> like weird, weird crap like that. And Guillermo del Toro's in it as yeah. a character. Yeah, it's weird. <laughs> I don't play video games, so I'll never play it. But I, yeah, I think I'll, I'm gonna just look at the cutscenes. I'm much more of like a, a, a Skyrim mm-hmm. kind of person um, who you know likes to play like D and D like base stuff. Yeah, this is too out there for me. I think. <laughs> yeah, all right, Justin. I have to edit that out now. Yeah. That's <laughs> so 
lots of stuff. Lots of awesome stuff. Yay, stuff. Hannibal related and tangentially Hannibal related. <laughs> so yes, our movie discussion. Mm. So Hannibal, Hannibal the film, we were talking before we started uh, watching the other film today about the Hannibal book and how it pissed people off because they felt like you're saying that Clarice Starling was well I think because of the mo- because of Silence of the Lambs that a lot of people who wouldn't have necessarily picked up the Silence of the Lamb book and read it picked up Hannibal as the sequel because they already knew about Silence of the Lambs and they had this idea of Clarice Starling as this feminist strong woman character um and so we're super disappointed in the end of that book because spoilers <laughs> Clarice runs off with Hannibal. Mm -hmm. um, And the whole end of that book is very much like this strange. um, Yeah, I don't know. This very strange thing where they sort of either fall in love, you can read it that way, Mm -hmm. or Clarice is completely hypnotized by what Mm -hmm. he does. Well, it brings up a lot of like consent questions. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that was my biggest problem with it. It's not that she goes off with him. Yeah. But the how of the going off with. Right. And I think that kind of stuff would have been explored more through Hannibal and Will had we had a season four. Mm. I think that's where that was going for Brian Fuller. I'm almost certain of it. Mm -hmm. Um, But we never got there. um, Or yet. We haven't Mm. got there yet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Which is super interesting. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people are just really angry because they just wanted Clarice as this very strong female character mm-hmm. that got the bad guy, and that didn't happen. Yeah. So when the movie happened, I think they were just like, well, "What do we do? Because we don't, we can't do that because yeah. that's like too weird." Well, and I, <coughs> I read all those books and the show and watched the show as nobody is like uncorruptible and nobody in that entire franchise is morally upstanding all Mm -hmm. the time Mm -hmm. they are all flawed characters and even the good characters are not always good people Mm -hmm. Uh, and even like when i I remember going back and reading rereading silence the lambs and being like like Clarice is an amazing character and an amazing female character, but she's not always a great person. Like mm-hmm. she is ambitious and mm-hmm. in ways she's trying to like deny her roots to get ahead. It's also very much a product of its time. Right. Um, and, and the position women were in and yeah. when they're going into typically like male centered occupations, which I think comes out even more in Hannibal. Mm hmm the movie so but i I think in like hannibal really nails that on her he's like you are not better than anybody else and in a way by going off like she's no better than him Mm -hmm. she's just on a different side of Mm -hmm. the picture yeah and though i do like yeah, I wasn't crazy. Is is she hypnotized? Is she whatever? But I wish it had been clearer that she had gone off with him, uh, like under her own motivation. Right. Well, you, and you could totally read it that way in the end. Mm-hmm. I think, especially because of the abuse that she suffered under the FBI mm-hmm. and his whole pushing his philosophy of like we're all at at very base nature. We're we're all animals. Mm-hmm. We're 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 all operating on the savage level. Mm-hmm. And why don't you just like 
admit it Mm -hmm. and live that life that you want to live you know like live your best life (laughs) with me Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and stop trying to do it under this like false sense of like you have a badge and so it's okay and Mm -hmm. you're still a good girl yeah which i actually think is a much more interesting conversation around feminism anyways about Mm -hmm. like who are these people that are trying to be these good girls Mm -hmm. all the time like why do you have to be like super you know like play by the rules well and also the whole thing like is anybody good yeah within these structures right yeah because they say in the beginning of the movie i think that they are like they they had needed the raid it starts with they needed it to look good because Mm -hmm. they had been fucking up Mm -hmm. or perceived with waco and other Mm -hmm. things going off they've been perceived as like the fbi is no longer the good guys right like they ever were yeah and you're like well i don't know about that yeah um, but we see that mythology, like, even, like, recently with the whole bullshit around um, the FBI, like, coming in to save the day and get rid of Trump and all that shit that, like, people, oh. like, there was definitely, like, this, like, oh, my God, the FBI is going to investigate him and everybody, everything's going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Like, no, the FBI is not your friend. <laughs> they never were. They benefit like, by keeping these structures in place. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not really, that's not how it works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and. Yeah, so I mean I I love Hannibal's philosophy of just like you know, fuck it. Like let's live outside all of these like structures of mm-hmm. horribleness. Please. Yeah. I will say overall watching the movie, it, it, all of these movies make me more and more impressed by how Fuller and all the writers oh worked everything together. Right? I mean, they're just like the best. And, and you're like the the bones of Hannibal the movie, like a lot of it mm-hmm. is in Hannibal the TV show. Mm-hmm. But they just make it so much better and yes. more complicated. Yes. Um, I Some things I had, well, to start with, like with Julianne Moore, I just, I mean, Jodie Foster's so iconic that she had a tough role to step into. Yeah. But I, I didn't feel like she had the right – like, when Jodie Foster did Clarice, I'm like, she felt like she came from from where her, her – Yeah. From West Virginia. She felt yeah. like it. And Julianne Moore was, like, too polished mm-hmm. at, at the point where they gave her a similar accent. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking, like, after 10 years in the FBI and living in the D.C. area, I feel like that would have – she would have – smooth that out more and being ashamed of it mm-hmm. right yeah i i definitely yeah it was way too strong in the beginning i was like oh no yeah that, that was a bad choice yes <laughs> um and the whole like that whole opening scene with the like the the raid oh. and everything it was so complicated to watch mm-hmm. it was too busy i don't know yeah. and then the i'm just looking i jotted some notes down i had the whole verger thing mm-hmm. Um, which is Gary Oldman even credited officially in the movie? He was and- not. Yeah. And I mean, now everybody knows that he was in it. Mm-hmm. But he said he wanted to do it without credit. Which, whatever, Gary Oldman reason. <laughs> it surprises me how close the TV actors kept to his portrayal. Mm-hmm. I... Actually, I mean, Gary Oldman's a great actor. I actually think I prefer both of the TV versions mm. better because they're both um, so exaggerated. Mm-hmm. They're both so campy mm-hmm. that I 
they really, I think, hit at the absurdity of the character. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I actually, I think I like Michael Pitt's version the best. Oh, yeah. And I I would have been interested to see where he took the disfigured mm-hmm. Mason Verger mm-hmm. character. But, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, yeah, they were all kind of feeding back into Gary Oldman's mm-hmm. performance oh, yeah. in a way. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, he did that. So, And I feel like none of them, though, get at the kind of horror of the book version. Yes. Like... He is really gross mm-hmm. in the book for, and a lot of it is the details of, like, his physicality mm-hmm. and just you know the fact that he has this happened to me is all this money to have all these people take care of him in this very specialized way, mm-hmm. and he's, but he's totally corrupt. He's and like, it, it's like the not being disabled because that's there's nothing wrong with being disabled Mm -hmm. but it's like his soul it's like he's exposed what his soul is Mm -hmm. and the fact that he's i I, all i can remember in my head is in the description in the in the book of how his hair is really long and it like coils down his chest in a braid and everything and they didn't do that in any Uh. of the characters and it was just that of him having this like long hair that's Mm -hmm. taken care of Mm -hmm. and like, it, it, I don't know, that just really squicked me out in yeah. the book. That's gross. Um, I forgot about that. I think they also talk about because he like, cut his own eyelids off that mm-hmm. they have don't they have to keep like wetting he has something that drops drops into oh, his yeah, eyes. Oh, yeah, that moisturizes his eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God. I mean, it is its body horror. Yeah. Totally. And, and, and it's like, wow, you wish people could have seen that when he was mm-hmm. like in his previous self because mm-hmm. maybe they would have like stayed away from him. but he had money so he could buy everything he wanted could buy everything um so yeah they um what was i gonna say let me look at my mouse sorry uh, i i did like so the house the verger estate which was like so this they really make it look palatial What's well, the Biltmore? Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, because I looked it up as I was watching it this time because they show at some point uh, them driving and getting off the exit, and it says Asheville, and above Asheville it says Verger Estate. Mm. It's like I bet that's the Biltmore, and it is. It feels weird that they would have done like that because it's very well placed in Maryland. Mm-hmm. Um. But ju- the inside, though, I thought was really well done because it's just like overstuffed yes. with things. Yes. And you're like, oh, they're like, he is totally the kind of person that would be like, I have to have all the stuff. Mm-hmm. I did not like the fact that they wrote out Margot. Yeah. Well, Even though I know her portrayal is problematic mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. the books. They they probably were like, number one, it'd be a tough thing to throw another character in here. Number mm-hmm. two, like, oh, my God, what do we do with this character? Yeah. 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 So, but I did miss, like, having another female mm-hmm. character. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, um, how this Hannibal portrayal, it, it's the thing, you know, Anthony Hopkins is really good until you see Ben Mickelson, and then you're like, oh, he's <laughs> just the truth? so oh over the top. And, like, no. when he, the letter he sends to Clarice, mm-hmm. it's, like, 
he seems so refined and then he comes across as so crude. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess I understand why in at least Silence of the Lambs, Anthony Hopkins made the choices he did because they said he only has like 15 minutes of screen time. Mm-hmm. So it's amazing what he does with 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like you, you get the bigness of his character. But at the same time, it's like, really? <laughs> you could have made different choices. Just tone it down just a little bit. Just tone it down. <laughs> um. I did say I felt like this Clarice felt a little closer to Will Graham. Mm, mm-hmm. There was, I, I, I'm not sure what exactly it was in it. Um, but there was something about her that made, made her feel, maybe it was a little more of the conflicted nature of what they're doing. Mm, they've come across. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, she seemed more in a position of power this time, too, than last time. A little bit more like she was on the same level as Hannibal. Mm. Like, they were kind of, like, fighting as equals. Yeah. Than when she was a, yeah. A rookie. A rookie, yeah. <coughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh, and then, like, all the Florence stuff, mm. which... I will say the opera scene was amazing. <laughs> Isn't it beautiful? And, I, you know, I just got the um, De Laurentiis newsletter that comes out mm-hmm. monthly. And they're working on uh, Dante opera oh. because they commissioned that song mm-hmm. for the movie. Mm-hmm. And so they own the rights to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've decided that they want like an entire, they actually want an opera because really all they did was that one song. Yeah. Like there's no Dante opera mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, that's a cool way to use your money. Right, I know. Yeah, well, because they're you know all about living the good life in Italy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Hey. I mean, I'm not going to tell somebody not to do that. Yeah, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, she said they're working on it. Um, I noted watching this that particularly in the crowd scenes mm-hmm. in Florence, I could see Ridley Scott's hand yeah. in it. It reminded me so much of next week. We're going to go see a local theater is showing the final cut edit of Blade Runner. So Tim and I are going to go to Blade Runner Fest 2019. Actually, it might be our second time this year. Um, but you could really see the way he cuts mm-hmm. stuff and does crowd scenes. I could really feel it. Yeah. And I did like, I'm so used now to the elegance of the TV show. And Silence of the Lambs is very straightforward. Mm-hmm. Wonderfully shot, but very straightforward. Mm-hmm that this felt kind of cluttered mm. in places. Like mm-hmm. he was just putting a lot yeah. in there. Yeah. I was like, you don't really need that much. <laughs> um, I had a note that the pig scene is over the top, but now I'm like, what pig scene? Which one? <laughs> Where they're showing they're in Sardinia. <laughs> that might be that one that one where he's like oh are the pigs ready oh yeah and they're showing like the whole farmland yes. and they hook the yeah they got the screamer yeah and, and then there's like in when they've got hannibal and they let the pigs in and mm-hmm. um which was kind of great but i so i was telling jen when she got here i was like so i watched the movie last night and i completely forgot the end it's forgettable it is re- first i want to say so reading the book the whole part with Crendel or Crandall or Crendel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Oh, yeah. Crendel. That whole part with him made me want to barf when I read the book. <laughs> I was like, 
I'm going to hurl. This is <laughs> fucking horrific. Because for me, the worst parts of anything like that are when sh- when stuff happens to people's consciousness and they're aware that stuff is happening to them. Oh, yeah. So uh-huh. it also bothered me in the TV show when they ice pick the guy in the temple. And he was still, yeah, that conscious. Yeah. bugs the crap out yeah. of me. So in the book, it was horrific. But the CGI is so bad in this. It is. If they had done practical effects, it would have been so much freakier. They could have just put a, like, a wig cap on him and done. Uh, yeah, I know. Yeah, for them to CGI, that was really a bad choice. No, no. And like, I, in particular, I remember the part where they're like, like, you're being annoying. And they like put him behind a screen. And yes. he's still talking yes. and everything. I was like, reading that and being like, Ugh, <laughs> fuck. <laughs> but in the, in this, I'm just like, uh, <laughs> he's getting what he deserves. I oh, mean, hell yes. So gets what he deserves. That does feel great. And... <laughs> I would like to ice pick some sexist yeah. assholes in the yeah. temple. Yeah. <laughs> Give them a lobotomy. And, yep. <laughs> and they did have to skip all the, like, Hannibal hypnosis. Yeah, well, parts. I think they did that because, the. I mean, I would guess. You said it muddies the. Yeah, they're like, this is too weird. And moviegoers are not going to get it. Because mm-hmm. you're thinking, like, moviegoers are the people that, like, saw Silence of the Lambs. Like, yeah, it was up for all these awards. Mm-hmm. We're going to see the sequel. And then for them to sit through like weird Stockholm syndrome, drug he's, he's that, dug up her dad's body. Dug and up rest, her dad's yeah. body. Yeah, like that's the. I mean, that's the stuff I love. But yeah, I can see why they cut yeah. it out. Uh, mainly, I said the ending was really boring. Mm-hmm. Because you don't get it. I mean, I don't think you could get like it. Like the story is leading up to what the book did, and then I think that's why you don't remember the ending because mm-hmm. it's like. Why did we do all this? I don't yeah. know. It did. I had a note to myself. It made me want to go read some really good post-season three fanfic. Mm-hmm. <coughs> like, there's some stuff I'm like, yeah, I want to go read this now. Because yeah. in some places, it does capture a little bit of the atmosphere. Um, I feel like they did a fairly good job. Hans Zimmer did the music. Mm-hmm. Um of course, that opera piece is really good. And so good. The classical music. So it just made me, like, it gave me a little the taste for yes. wanting to go back to the TV show. Yes. It's it's definitely within the Hannibal world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like everybody did a good job acting. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't, oh, I did like, <coughs> I did like Posse. I do like how they showed him. Like, he had a sort of gritty mm-hmm. feeling to him yeah that i i liked and i think he stayed pretty much like the same in, in the show mm-hmm. yeah yeah like his storyline that storyline is fairly straightforward yeah <clears throat> so i mean i'm glad i watched it like it's part of the the whole universe so um now hannibal rising on the other <laughs> hand <clears throat> Uh, I kept the entire time we're watching it. I was like, Jen, but wait, <laughs> didn't it happen like this in the book? Yeah, I can't. And I've read the book so long ago, I can't quite remember. But I think it was pretty. They just cut out a bunch of stuff again, like mm. all the weird stuff that would be too complicated yeah. to explain. Well, and I looked it up. So in it, Hannibal is in the orphanage, and mm-hmm. his his uncle and aunt figure out he's there. 
oh, okay. and get him out. And come get him. And then what happens is when the whole scene with the butcher happens, his uncle confronts the butcher mm-hmm. and in the like screaming match or whatever has a heart attack and dies. Oh, hmm. okay. Yeah. So his uncle is present for there. I've, my overall impression is they just made it too cheesy. Yeah, the whole it's super thing. cheesy. I mean, it, it is super cheesy. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to relax into that. Yeah. <laughs> it is, like I said, it's a superhero origin myth yeah. at its heart. So, And like I said, it was like a Mary Sue where it's like, Hannibal is great at <laughs> fighting and killing people <laughs> and medical illustration and... Sneaking around and cooking, and cooking, and all of it, and that's Outdoors. the stuff. Like they missed the part of him with the cook, because mm-hmm. I think it was that. Yeah, I think he still wasn't speaking at that point, and he ended up like going into the kitchen mm-hmm. and hanging out with the cook. Yeah. Well, they had a little bit. They had like <clears throat> the chef be like, "Look, these cheeks—they're the best part yeah. of any animal," and then they milked that for all it was yeah. worth. <laughs> He's eating cheeks. It was two hours and like halfway in, we're like, oh, he hasn't even started killing people yet. Yeah. Well, what did I say? (laughs) Like, how long did it take for Murasaki's name to actually be mentioned? Yeah, until the end, really. Yeah. Um, But the... It it just... I mean, the book was heavy-handed, but it also had subtle things that led into the character of Hannibal that really got left out of the movie. Yeah, well, I love, and they took this out of the movie, and I didn't remember it until we were watching the movie, like, the whole part where he has this tutor growing up who teaches him about, like, quantum physics and the nature of light and time and all that stuff, which totally folds into, you know, Hannibal's obsession with Would that have been happening time. back then? I think so. I um, I remember looking it up at the time I was reading it, and all that stuff mentioned in the book is it's like actual period correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, because that's one thing that Thomas Harris does do is he does pretty well researched mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. So, and I understand why they took it out, but still, I thought that part was really cool in the book. I. It was, yeah, and everything was, it's like they made, in the movie made everybody into a cartoon mm-hmm. of of something that was already really cartoonish. So like, <laughs> what? When you rolled your eyes when he put the mask, the half mask oh, on, yeah. the, the ancient Japanese bite mask. Yes. <laughs> but I can just imagine someone in the theater going, Yeah! yeah. <laughs> I got to get one of those. <laughs> that, that's just like it. It's onto the lands where he's wearing the mask. I can see it all now. Yeah, yeah. It's all tied together. <laughs> um, but the, like I said, right off, like in the orphanage, when the kids like, you know, like the, the I guess he'd be like the head boy if you were mm-hmm. in, a, in a boarding school. Mm-hmm. It's just like, and, and then the headmaster guy or the person who heads it is like, I know it's really difficult being here when... <laughs> This was your family's place. I'm like, no, because he's probably some guy who's like, you fucking deserve to be here yeah. because your family was nobility and right. now there's no nobility. Right. What was it about respecting the natural order of bullies? He doesn't respect the uh, natural or order of humans, but like, so. yeah, you should take the shit from the bully yeah. in yeah. your own house. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that kind of stuff. And like all the, the, 
I can't even remember. They were Soviet. They were German. They were Lithuanian. Well, they didn't know. They were the bad, bad guys. The bad guys. Who you were know, like... You know, like swarthy bad guys. <laughs> I'm like, just... You know, if you had to like do that, just... There's more menace when something is not over the top. Well, you're preaching the Maz Mikkelsen... <laughs> Micro-expression school of acting. Right? But you, unfortunately, they did not have the foresight to mm-hmm. cast a young Mads Pickleson in this movie. <laughs> but like, even the bad guys are like, rawr, 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 we're kids, oh, we're going to yeah. eat you, and all that stuff. Well, and there's an interview with Mads where he says when he was talking about um, <laughs> thinking of playing Hannibal Lecter, like, well, how do I do that? Especially uh, when the, a whole audience knows who Hannibal Lecter mm-hmm. is. Like, how do I not telegraph, like, the mustache twirling yeah. and then, like, ha, 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 kind of thing. And, like, it was really, like, a you very... Make the, you make the viewer do that themselves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And you just kind of sit back and do what he did. Well, and, like, you pointed out that um, the actor here mm-hmm. playing young Hannibal is very much playing into more of the Anthony Hopkins yes. over-the-top version. Yeah. Um, where I felt like he was written more how Mads mm-hmm. took it. Mm-hmm. Like, this person who is to be very controlled and very observant mm-hmm. and, can you know, like, at, and, you know, aware of every situation. There was some stuff in this when the, um, when he goes in the house, and I think it was written like this in the book, where he goes for the one guy, Gutas, I think, and tries mm-hmm. to get him, and his bodyguards come out, and then he has to go to the boat and the dude breaks in that Murasaki stuff. And I'm like, the handle I know would have heard all of this happening. He's like, that's yeah. his senses are hyper sensitive. And, <laughs> you know, they don't play into his super sense of smell. And yeah, he is a superhero. He's a superhero that we need, not necessarily that we want. He doesn't like bullies and fights Nazis. He's fine with me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, But, and I was um, complaining to Jen through, most of this that I felt like they didn't the portrayal of Lady Murasaki was totally wrong. She was too modern. And like I was like, her hair is too like, it's not right. It's too loose. Mm-hmm. It's too her lipstick is not the right color for the time period. Her clothes real too informal. In my head she was a very like um like, she's the kind of person who understands sort of the role that you're playing and right. all the parts that play into it. Right. And I would be guessing they say she comes from a samurai family. So if you're coming from that sort of social, st- like a very rigid social structure, mm-hmm. you're going to understand all the parts mm-hmm. of it. And how in your, you know, even when you're not there in your new social structure, all the ways that you're playing that. Because she married into nobility. Yeah. And that would have made sense for her sort of taking Hannibal under her wing Mm. and saying, this is how you get away with stuff. You get away with stuff by buying into the culture and Mm -hmm. buying into all the propriety of, you know, being everything, being nice and perfect and whatever. And then like you be the savage, vicious person that you need to be underneath it all. That makes sense. But yeah, this didn't make sense. I I feel like they just didn't understand the character. Yeah, the character. Well, and, and because Hannibal has a very strict moral code. Mm-hmm. And, and and if they had done this movie with somebody who could have done like that subtle Hannibal thing where you saw like all of his pain and mm-hmm. like that would have been kind of an amazing movie. <laughs> I know. If he was like, you hate me, show one more time. I'd be like, shut up. We get it. 
We get it. Well, M for Misha. And yeah, it's the worst at the end when he carves the big M in the guy's chest no. and, and then says M for well, because, Misha. Because if the guy looks down, it's a W because it's upside down. Maybe he's confused. Well, it reminds me of, and big spoiler alert for the end of Snowpiercer, but the whole, oh, like, that yeah. movie's so good until the I know what baby tastes like line. And I personally, like. I think that the director did that in order to bust through the whole seriousness of the whole thing, um, because I think he really likes doing that. Mm-hmm. But I don't feel like it was a good example of doing that. It was just, I don't, it was the 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 line and the delivery together where I laughed in the theater. And then I was angry because I was so, everything about that movie was so good. So good. Yeah. Up until that part. I yes. agree. Yeah. And, then, and I was like, that was dumb. Yeah. Uh, yes, Joseph. So going back to the characterization of Hannibal. So Hugh Dancy actually screen tested. Yes. And I was just wondering, how do you think that would have, that movie would have turned out? <laughs> I mean, oh, it's better that we didn't that we didn't get it. Wait, this Hugh way. Dancy screen tested for the Hannibal and Hannibal Rising. Yes, really. Mm-hmm. Wow, weird. Can you imagine wh- how that would have turned out? I think oh like, it would have been subtler. It wouldn't have that kind of. Um, it would have had a lot of more pain in it because yeah. Hugh Dancy brings the pain. But can you also imagine like how like well now he's acting against a Hannibal that is not him. Yeah. Like, how, is, you know, how does that help inform his yeah. character oh at will? Like, man, I'm like, the <laughs> possibilities are endless. But we wouldn't have had the NBC series yes. as our win. Yeah, he probably oh, yeah. would not have been cast oh, back would have gone for it, yeah. Oh, man. But wow. he would. I think he would have had that, like, I don't think he would have done that sort of leering over the top. No. Mm-mm. Like who I can't remember the actor's name. Gaspard something or another. He's yeah. just got. I mean, he is twirling his mustache. Oh, totally. Well, and I yeah, he's a French actor slash model. Not that there's anything bad with that because so is Dancy, right? <laughs> um, yeah, I say I model feel, slash actor. Model slash actor. <laughs> um, I just feel like he was yeah, just trying to. Like you said, he was really hammy, and mm-hmm. I think he was just trying to ham it up to try and get close to Anthony Hopkins' kind mm-hmm. of version of him. But wow, I don't a young a young Hugh Dancy, like whew. he would have looked <laughs> like he was fourteen, yeah, but had the emotional weight of somebody who's like fifty. You know, Girl, actually, he would been a good. He wasn't age that. appropriate for it, but who played really played well from the movie mm-hmm. it was actually the end boss guy. The end boss guy. The, the last kill. <laughs> oh, um, who got the big M carved yeah. on his chest? He had kind of the the whole savoring everything that was kind of fascinating mm-hmm. to watch. Mm-hmm. Oh, but he would have been, he's too old. Yeah, he's, he he would have been age Yeah, and actually, I probably, who Dan say, he looked really young 12 years ago, but he wouldn't have been no. age appropriate either. No. Because he would have been like 32 or something. Yeah. Because he's our age. Yeah. Um. He could have pulled it off. Yeah, but. I mean, he does look real young. <laughs> um, I'm just, oh, I'm thinking about him like that now. Oh, it's just like in the stuff, and he's like slicking what? his hair back and all. I'm like, oh. yeah. So, but I have to say, I do love all the little sort of nods to Hannibal mythology through it. Mm-hmm. That it seems like, like I said earlier, it seems like every Hannibal version that you see 
like carries through certain things. And mm-hmm. I love that layering. I love to buy in, buy in as a fan to mm-hmm. a world that is that like rich with stuff um, that people seem to respect, you know, like putting like the, the, the birds in the cafe, mm-hmm. like the ortolans, like ortolans, I can never say. And like the bathtub scene, mm-hmm. you know, that he was bathing Misha and then that Fuller pulled it through mm-hmm. into Hannibal and, and Bedelia's. bathing Bedelia mm-hmm. and just like a bunch of little stuff like that, that just like makes me happy. <laughs> it's funny that I love seeing all that continuity in the Hannibal universe, but I get really frustrated with my K-pop stuff. A couple of their groups have created mm-hmm. universes and mm. I'm like, that's just a convoluted marketing thing. <laughs> Yeah. And and it is I mean it is. It's mm-hmm. a way to get people engaged. Mm-hmm. So it I think it, it kind of annoys me there and in a way that here I'm like, oh I love this. It like I it's kind of taps into my probably you know, part of the things from being an English major is like looking for that through like looking at somebody's like combined works and seeing the themes that they constantly revisit and yeah and all that tied together well and then it kind of flows into the whole serial killer mythology too that serial killers all the are these people that collect things and they're like in a way they're like weird fans of their own mm-hmm. um and you know like Barney and Hannibal had all of Hannibal's stuff and was selling it off and to collectors and mm-hmm. like that whole thing so there's this whole like you're you're buying into a story that is a story about people like being weirdly fascinated with this, these objects mm-hmm. connected to these weird things. Yeah. There's which like is, these weird layers upon layers. Which was like I EJ love. talking about wanting to do yes. stuff about the things that people get yes. from through fandom, like yes. the physical objects and how they become like relics. Yeah. Yeah. And they, isn't that in their book? I don't remember if that was in the book or if that's like a future project idea. I can't remember. Like the fandom relics kind of thing, which is fascinating. We no longer have state's bones. We have somebody's (laughs) piece of clothing that they wore. You know, we don't have the towel that wiped Jesus's face, Mm -hmm. but we have the shirt covered in fake blood that you dancy wore. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, and that Mason Verger was willing to pay 250000 for the math, for yeah. the bite mask, you know? And Marilyn Manson paid how much for a bunch of the oh, Hannibal yeah, merch? I don't know. I don't paid know. a lot. Yep. So um, we also, uh, I noted through Twitter, uh, Ranger gives this two paws down for the Hannibal Rising <laughs> because there's a lot of dog barking. <laughs> we had to manage the dog the entire viewing because there was so much fucking dog barking. So many dogs. Um. But I also noted, like, they didn't really, to me, it was a very long movie because they crammed in a lot, but they Uh didn't really let each scene breathe. Mm. Like, they had to keep it going at a Mm -hmm. clip. And to me, like, I would prefer less story with more unfolding. Yeah. Than all the details. It would have been well paced for, like, a Netflix uh, limited release of, like, six episodes of an hour. Yeah. I feel like they could have probably started. I noted to Jen the scene, which is a ways in when, when they show you know little kid Hannibal stumbling through the snow found by the Soviet, which is people. a fabulous scene. That is a beautiful, it's, except yeah. for the kid like keeling over in the oh, snow. Yeah. But mm-hmm. but like when he's walking and they start coming out of the woods, I was mm-hmm. like, that's a beautiful shot. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they could have started there. Absolutely. And you're like, what happened to this kid? Yep. 
And to to go there and go forward and see what he's like and be like, what happened to this? Make mm-hmm. this person like mm-hmm. this, and then to do it all in flashback. Yeah, or yeah, just start there. Have the guy go through it, and <coughs> then wait until he does the truth serum. He shoots himself off with truth serum. Yeah, and then see it all would yeah. be really fabulous. Yeah. and cut like at least forty five minutes out of the movie. <laughs> we're just gonna have to redo this. We're gonna tell call Hugh Dancy. <laughs> As long as we get the airplane crashing into a tank, because that was cool. That was pretty cool. Because <laughs> I am still seven years old in a sandbox. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. And the part when they're like in, like looting the town and mm-hmm. they're, you know, they're the mortar rounds are going off, but mm-hmm. you know, it's just people setting off explosions in the dirt. Like, mm. the, And I was like, that looks like a lot of fun. <laughs> but overall, not great. I mean, I'm glad also I watched it. So now I... Like a complete You're dying. thing. Um, oh, actually, it reminds me. Um, the part when he's killing the butcher with the samurai sword. Mm-hmm. Remember the whole thing where the kid at Hopkins killed the guy with the samurai In the sword? street. Yes, right? By yeah. accident. By accident. <laughs> it was self-defense. It was, I will find a news link and link it in our show notes for anybody who wants the actual facts versus Did my vague memory. arm off? He cut, I think he cut his hand off or okay. something like that. Like It was some yeah. guy tried to rob a kid or tried to break into somebody's house mm-hmm. around Johns Hopkins University and somebody in there had a samurai sword. I don't know if it was real or a like young a reproduction. Lecter. <laughs> young Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> and like, I guess went at the guy with it, cut his hand off and I think the dude bled Holy to death. Holy crap. Yeah. So I'm going to have to look up that new story but i remember being like well i mean i mean if somebody came into my house i'd be grabbing whatever the yeah. hell i could we keep a machete in. in the front oh i used <laughs> to my keep my brother's paranoid about that stuff i used to keep a bayonet mm-hmm. next to my bed um that my dad gave me from his civil war oh, stuff um Ranger will bark at them i think uh, yeah i'll probably know if somebody so much steps within our property line and uh and yeah, my dance sword I dealt down, but you could have done some damage with that. They don't know point. that though. Oh yeah, no, I wouldn't you want know? to get hit with that thing anyway. It's heavy. Yeah, you can just throw it at somebody. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's balanced the wrong way to actually be used as a weapon, or that pommel is set the wrong way to use that as a weapon. Mm. Can you get your cat butt out of my face? Cat butt. Oh no. Oh, she's sniffing the package from Ranger's Treat. He's around. Okay. I just want to make sure he hasn't like swallowed his thing whole. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Then I watched them. Thanks for watching. It's much more fun watching it with you. If See? I if I had been watching it by myself, it'd have been like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> or I would have just been texting you the entire time anyway, like right. what the fuck? See, I, you know, I See what I do. Just- <laughs> See what I do for the podcast. Look at what I do for the podcast. Um <clears throat> so did you uh Justin, do you have any more thoughts? <laughs> no. There's a movie. It wasn't bad. <laughs> It wasn't horrible. It's true. And like, we have a lot of context to put it in on how great it could be. Yeah. But if it came out, I watched it. I was like, yeah, that'd be, that was, that was engaging. I enjoyed it. Well, and Jen, you said that you had seen a lot of people give it decent reviews. On Amazon, when we were renting it, like the, there's some top reviews. We were like, this is really great. Now I know all about Hannibal. <laughs> okay. Well, and as we've discussed that in a way, it's kind of... 
it's interesting to have the world building, but it's also nice to think of Hannibal as something that just happens. Happened. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> good try, everybody. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Uh, I have a couple of recommendations. I have a recommendation that I I actually participated in. Uh, We went and saw Parasite by Bong Joon-ho. Oh, I want to see that. Is it good? It was good. It It was really good. And I, this is the same director who did Snowpiercer. Mm -hmm. There are no lines in it that throw you out of the movie like Mm -hmm. (laughs) the baby eating The taste of babies. (laughs) Um, It is visually stunning i read justin that the house the the nice house the family's house mm-hmm. is actually a mixture of uh an actual home and cgi and it reminded me a bit in the scene from this of from hannibal rising when they come out of the trees the super modern a, house yeah yeah there's a whole thing um in parasite where the people have um, like access to their basement and the wall that the, the doorway is centered in a wall that's built in shelves that all have this sort of amber light and stuff displayed mm, on glass shelves. But mm-hmm. then there's the door to the basement is in the middle and it's always pitch black. Oh, and people like disappear up and down the stairs for different oh my God. reasons. <coughs> but it is so good. It was really interesting. I do watch some Korean films um, on top of lots of dramas. So it's nice to see a less sanitized version because dramas are their TV shows. So it's yeah. like how our TV is sanitized yeah. versus. They're not going to actually kind of explore the whole class war. There is class stuff in in dramas, but it's just like, um, well, like there's a sort of sex scene. It's not something you never see on TV. <laughs> um, but the and the I can never remember any of the actors' names. But there's two families. There's like the poor family and the rich family, mm. and the rich family the the dad who plays the actor. Uh, or the actor who plays the dad in that is one of my favorites from watching in dramas. And then um, the dad from the poor family was the, in Snowpiercer, the genius science oh, guy. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's, it's the same actor. Oh, okay. I want to see uh, that. Yeah. Um, and I, my, I, my, a friend of mine had see, saw it this weekend and she particularly liked the, the poor family sister, Jessica. <laughs> and I was like, I really like the brother. He's this, he just gives us, this, this guy gives a great, feeling of like these people who want to get up in the world like he's ambitious Mm -hmm. yet also he feels sort of seems like he feels sort of trapped in everything and um and it is very much about like the current class conditions Mm -hmm. in south korea Mm -hmm. where you have these people who are super ultra rich and then they have really high particularly for young people unemployment and it's super competitive for jobs and it's really who you know and how you get ahead and your connections and hmm. good. I recommend it. It also is like brutal. Mm. And, and some staying places. in your lane. Hmm? Staying in your lane is how you get ahead. Oh yeah. Yeah. You got to play. You got to, I mean, it's cultural. Yeah. And then it's their business culture. Um, but yeah, the acting is great. It mm. is very like the last third of it just goes off the fucking rails. Yay. <laughs> And it was like, oh, my God. Um, and then I mentioned this to you, Jen, but I, I haven't listened to it yet, that Old Gods of Appalachia podcast, mm-hmm. um, which is a Lovecraftian horror anthology mm-hmm. of sort of an alternate world um, where there are old gods under the the hills of There Appalachia. are. <laughs> uh, so I will link to that. I have a friend backs the Patreon, and that's how I found out about it first. But it, then it, it, it's popped up periodically enough oh, that it started to catch my mm-hmm. my attention. So 
I gotta put it on my list right Hopefully. now as we're talking about it. Hopefully it's good. So that is untested yet people might like it. Did you have anything you wanted to write? I didn't. I I've been like working my butt off and haven't really had time to look at oh, yeah. <laughs> not even go to the movies. Oh. It's terrible. I know. I know that's that's I wasn't sure even though Parasite's been getting you know, it won the Palm door at mm-hmm. Cons. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't know how long it would be around. It's at the Charles. So th- when it, the weekend it came out, it's like, we gotta go. Yeah, because I've been wanting to see Jojo Rabbit too, oh. which hasn't come out around here yet. Um, but yeah, I really want to see that. Yeah, which I was really like, okay, Taika, please don't fuck this one up. Taika, don't get canceled, please. Yeah. <laughs> and it seems like from what people are saying about it that no it's really good yeah yeah it just sounds like it's one of those things where you're like if anybody else had done this it would be i don't think they were, i don't need that really <laughs> we feel like i'm, I'm good thanks that. not watching it so so that's what we've got that's i've everything. got a recommendation <gasps> okay wait for the dog thanks dog Come here. Good boy. All right. So um, I've been listening to Factually with Adam Conover. Mm-hmm. It's his takeoff from Adam Ruins Everything, his uh, TV show. It's a podcast. It's about an hour long where he actually gets to really explore with his experts a, a topic that is kind of misunderstood. And I wanted to reference it today because they were talking in the violence and video games episode. Mm-hmm. They referenced a study where... Uh, economic study where they f- they noticed a correlation between between violent movies and uh, decreasing crime in the time that they're released. And the theory is that uh, people are actually out watching violent movies movies and not committing violent crimes. Hmm. But the movie that they used as one of the uh, data points is Hannibal. <laughs> so 2007, when Hannibal was released, Hannibal or Hannibal Rising? Ha- Hannibal. That was 2001. 2001, sorry. I was looking at the wrong one. That's okay. Yeah, they, they noticed like, oh, went down a little bit the, during the release of that. And then went back up again. That's fine. <laughs> so everybody Economics, who wanted to, the dismal to be art. violent went and saw Hannibal instead. And they're like, Took ah, a break. Yeah. I just feel like going home and yeah. putting on some cozy slippers and having some tea. Yeah. <laughs> and some cheek. Beef cheek. <laughs> beef cheek. Having like a good drink and- it's something else. So um, I, I will let people know where they can find us. And then Jen is going to take us out of the episode. So you can visit Headful of Hannibal at headfullofhannibal.com, Headful of Hannibal on Tumblr and Instagram, and Headful of Hanny on Twitter. Are you ready, Jen? Sure. We're going to posit a question <laughs> to our listeners. Once upon a time, Disney's cartoon character, Donald Duck, was banned in Finland because he didn't wear pants. Tell me, dear listener, what are you banned for in Finland? 